plans are being made on how we can sort of enjoy our summer once again. Now, uh, Folk Fest is operating again this year, but under entirely different circumstances in an entirely different way. Edmonton's renowned and much-loved uh, festival is sort of back. Uh, different ex- uh, different circumstances, as you would expect. But the plan this summer is to bring the joy of live music right into neighborhoods. Terry Wickham is the producer of the Edmonton Folk Fest, and he's joining us on 630 Chad Mornings. Good day. How are you, sir? I'm well, Daryl. Yourself? I'm doing reasonably well. I'm feeling a little sense of optimism. How about you? Yeah, it was good to be busy yesterday and, uh, you know, start planning for some shows. I mean, the, the response has been overwhelming, so we, we won't, you know, we won't be able to fulfill all the wishes. The demand out there is great, but we have 40 concerts coming, so that's something. Wow. That, okay, so tell us how this is going to go, because obviously the regular folk festival is not running this year. You made that decision uh, quite a while ago, right? Yeah, you know, really, I could have made it at Christmas because, you know, my feeling was that, you know, people have to be double vaccinated before they gather in big crowds like at the Folk Festival. And, you know, social distancing is just not who we are. It's the opposite of social distancing down in Gallagher Park. Um, So we, you know, we decided to, uh, you know, adapt and uh, look at this. Epcor came came out with um, uh, $50,000 funding and we matched that. So we have... uh, you know, $100,000 program, you know, 20 will go to production, but $80,000 will find its way into the hands of Edmonton musicians. So that's a good thing. That's and, cool. you know, 40, 40 streets are going to get free concerts. We'll bring out we'll bring out the talent, uh, two artists for each concert, and we'll bring all the production, sound systems, cables, mics, all of that. So it's all set up. Uh, we'll arrange insurance. So people just apply for, you know, they just apply on our on our website and, uh, you know, see if they get lucky. Okay, so just explain a little bit more about how this works. So you, you want to go into individual neighborhoods, it's individual streets, or like what's the vision for the for this series of concerts? Well, I, you know, ideally, I'd like to be able to go into community leagues because you can hold more people. But mm-hmm. we don't know what the numbers are going to be in a month. And we start in uh, on the middle in the middle of July. Um, okay. So, um, you know, in case we get a spike in, in numbers with the full reopening. So, the the idea of doing it on the street is that it's it's AHS proof. I mean, if it's five, it's ten people currently. So if you have 20 houses, that could be 200 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if even, even if it goes back down to five, you'll have 100 people. Uh, you know, it may go up. It may be 250, it may be 500, in which case we'll, we may be able to loosen up. Um, the plan right now is to, you know, bring a flatbed truck with the stage on it and, you know, park it on the street and then have speakers and del- delay speakers so everybody gets good sound. Mm-hmm. But that could morph into, depending on, on the COVID numbers, that could be, you know, parking the stage and then people setting up chairs right in front of it all, all along the street. We'll yeah. obviously block off the street to traffic. Well, and that's good. You're going to be able to be flexible as to how this is going to work depending on the situation, but it's going ahead one way or the other, right? Well, I think so, yeah, because, you know, no matter what, even if it goes back down to five people, people are on their own front lawns. Yeah. They have their own protections. They have their own washrooms. They have their own, you know, uh, you know, whatever safety protocols. They can get their own food. The idea then, if, if the numbers go up high again, um, you know, then they can uh, they can you know do it from the safety of their own their own front lawn. Yeah, you have to you have to play, you hope for the best, but you plan for the worst. So it's good that you can you can try and be flexible. How does this work uh, for for a neighborhood or a street or whatever? To do they have to make application? Uh, wh- how do you how do you deal with those applications? What's the process? 
Well, you know, at this point, they just make applications. We had about 80 yesterday, and of course, that's only the first day. You have until June 30th. It's not a first come, first served. We're going to look at every street once the application comes in. We're, you know, we're getting them from businesses, we're getting them from community leagues, and we're getting them from streets. Um, so it really is a, a, you know, a street concert, like a street party at this point. Uh, but we will be flexible. So, um, you know, you just apply. Uh, you know, we're not quite sure. We're going we're to obviously look at some regional distribution. You know, there may be one, there'll be some concerts up in the Northeast, some in the Southwest, some maybe in St. Albert or Sherwood Park. Uh, so we want to have a geographical uh, distribution. And then we'll, you know, we'll kind of rate them as well and, you know, for, uh, you know, how feasible it is and I think we're going to have more than we need so it may end up being you know put into a hat for a draw. Uh, Interesting so I'm trying to figure out also some logistics which I'm sure are on your mind as well so you know how do you you know do, do you cordon off the area how do you ensure that you don't have too many people coming in you know keeping control of the situation all of that stuff starts to buzz through my mind so I'm sure it's going through yours. Well, this is where the local host, we have a host on each street that will, you know, go along and say, hey, is it okay that we have this? And they talk to the neighbors and then say, you know, so they'll get to know the neighbors. They'll know who should be there and who shouldn't be there. If, if, if you know, something uncontrollable comes along and, you know, dozens or hundreds of people try and crash it, I can't really see that. I think folk people and Edmontonians are, you know, more law-abiding than that. But if that happened, then I suppose we'd cancel and then look for... Um, you know, an alternative date to do the show, but we're not really expecting that. We're expecting the host will, and the street will be able to keep control of their own street. We we bring the party, you control your own street. You that would be the, that would be the idea. Well, and the whole nature of, of Folk Fest is people gathering together peacefully, happily, uh, joining in together. Not an awful lot of fights at Folk Fest, as I recall. You know, I, I, this is my 33rd year, but um, with 31 festivals, I've never really had a, any kind of incident that was concerning me with regard to police, which is which is pretty amazing, and, and we're very lucky. Um, but I think that's Canada, and that's Edmonton, and that's the Folk Festival, yeah. Uh, so who who are you lining up? You said, uh, I guess this is primarily local artists, or, or like uh, who have you been able to, to, to anybody we'd recognize? Are you still in, in the process, well, or what's up? I'm still in process with that, but they're all Edmonton artists. That's the idea. Epcor, you know, being an Edmonton company, um, we decided we'd go that way. Um, so we have, you know, Kaylee Cardinal. Uh, she's a Juno Award winner. We have Cat Dancer, you might know, Joe Nolan, maybe with his sister. Um, so, you know, there'll be 16 different artists. Um, yeah, you know, mostly they'll be recognizable to people who've been to the festival because they pretty well of all will have played the festival. Um we're obviously looking for different representations of different cultures and, you know, mostly singer-songwriters. It'll be mostly acoustic. Uh, it'll be solos, duos, trios. Most people are, are favoring the trio format because I'm sure their side people need some work as well. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what we're looking at. What have you been hearing from the music community? It, it has to have been uh, been tough. Uh, you know, some make their living uh, in music, some do it on the side, but obviously the, the whole performance industry has been completely devastated over the past 16 months, as we all know, and we all know why. So uh, what are you hearing from some of them uh, about that survival, about coming through all of this? I've been a little bit divorced from the music industry in the last year, taking, a, you know, a break, but... Um, Forced you know, break, I'm sure I guess. It's been- yeah, a force break. I mean, we're the, we're the first out and we'll be the last back in. Something like us, right? Just just like filling up, uh, you know, Rogers Place. Uh, same thing with the hockey games and all that. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I think the government of Canada has been very good with the, the CERB payments. That's kind of keeping people, you know, uh, going. I mean, I was even looking at people like Ashley McIsaac who say they're going broke. You know, he hasn't had a date in over a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, those kind of things, um, you know, that was just in the paper. You know, some have taken second jobs. Uh, at least this will put some money in their hands and, you know, get them down the road a bit till, you know, till things start uh, reopening. You know, it's hard on the big bands. It's hard on the small bands. Sure. It's it's hard on everyone. I suppose the big bands, if they put some money aside, can uh, can weather the storm a little bit, uh, you know, better than the people on the way up. Yeah, I was talking to, to Mike Anderson from Trickstar yesterday because they're doing that uh, that infield at the Exhibition Lands, a series of concerts uh, coming up yeah. this summer. And I said, you know, I, I get the feeling that, that some of these bands were just desperate to be able to get out in front of an audience again. And I was surprised, actually, when he said there was still some reluctance because there is still some of that, that hesitancy about coming out in public and that kind of thing. But for the most part, I have to think the reaction has been, yeah, we're ready to go. We want to play. Give us an audience. We'll give you a show. Yeah, well, obviously, safety is number one. You don't want to put your safety, you know, at risk. So it depends on all the protocols. And really, it just depends on the numbers. But, yeah, you know, they've got some big bands coming in, like Blue Rodeo. So, you know, people are ready to go. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, you know, I've seen pictures of it, but I think they're hoping that maybe the restrictions might be uh, lifted more so that they can get a bigger crowd. Um, but the yeah, people it's, you've it's, talked it's, uh, to, are they excited to come out and play? Oh, yeah, the musicians have been contacted by other musicians all the time. Yeah, they, they're all delighted to... I mean, you know, it's what it's what musicians live for. They like that, you know, roar of the crowd, you know. Um, it's it's what they've... You know, what the, what their skill is, what, you know, what they've practiced, what they what they really love doing. I mean, I miss it. I miss the festival more than I can say. Um, but it just, you know, we just, we just have to be safe. I, I, I would never second-guess my... Well, there was a, a an organizational decision to cancel, but I just couldn't risk being a super spreader event, yeah. uh, to be honest. So, well, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure I, I can't see why we wouldn't come back in 2022 with everybody. You know, I mean, the plan is everybody's double vaccinated at the end of yeah. September. Yeah. But it just came that just came too late for us. You know, being in early sure. August and borders aren't even open, and yeah. there's too many variants out there, like yeah. the you know the Indian variant. You don't know what's going to happen. So. Yeah, it's just too risky. I would have had to put the whole financial future of the festival at risk. And, and we were noticing, you know, some volunteer reluctance, naturally. And, um, and as I say, with borders, I mean, I, was, I would have been having to tell U.S. artists, uh, you know, months ago um, whether they could play. I think you'll find most of the lineups that are going to come forward for concerts are going to be regional and national in scope uh, rather than international. And even, you know, there'll be a long term, there'll be a long term for this because you know bands from africa when are they going to be able to come back in you know those kind of things so there'll be a knock-on effect for a few years i think really quick uh, how can uh, neighborhoods apply and uh, and how can they get their name on the list you just go onto our website edmontonfolkfestfest.org and you'll see um, you'll, you'll see it all there and it's a fairly simple application process and you know just put your name in and you know we'll see what happens all right. i mean i hope i hope we can maybe you know scrounge up a few more concerts i mean all all the 100,000 dollars will be spoken for now but you know if i can find some extra funding and match it you know we'll try and do more concerts but there's no way we'll be able to meet all the demand sure. which is you know Kind of sad in a way, but encouraging in another way. Um, so, yeah. Very cool. Terry, good luck with this. Have fun with it. Uh, looking forward to it. Thanks, Daryl. Right, Appreciate Ter- it. Okay. Terry.
Bye now. Bye-bye. Terry Wickham, producer of the Edmonton Folk Fest, coming to neighborhoods this year uh, for one year only. This, this should be kind of cool. Uh, that's a heck of a block party that you could possibly get involved with. Lots of competition, though, so uh, hopefully it'll all work out for you. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.